Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a Power Rankings Tuesday, presented, of course, by DraftKings. My first chance to let you know exactly where I think your team stacks up after their first game. Now that I've seen them once, always the most unique week, by the way, to do this because... You're balancing sort of your preconceived notions coming into the season with what we've seen in a very, very small sample size of a marathon that is the NFL season. So I try to balance that as much as I can. Shout out to our patron of the day, Jarrett Parker. Remember, you can be a part of our awesome private Tuckheads Slack channel at patreon.com slash RT Media. Just make sure you sign up to be a Tuckheads member. You get to chat with the crew and you get all of the even money bets in black and white. It is an even money Tuesday. Probably the most popular, one of the most popular NFL betting shows on in the galaxy. So, Really, really looking forward to that. But first, we have absolutely gigantic news and and an incredible game to talk about. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Ross, we'll start with the Jets. They beat the Bills off a walk-off touchdown overtime, but now they've got to wait for the grim news surrounding Aaron Rodgers. Two totally different topics here. We'll start with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Dr. Chow, SportsInjuryCentral.com, was all over it last night very quickly after the injury happened that he felt like very, you could tell he was confident in an Achilles tear for Aaron Rodgers on his fourth play of the season. Just 
absolutely awful for everyone. Everyone. It's terrible for Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, he was getting a chance to kind of rewrite the ending for his career in New York. You could tell he was excited about it. You could tell he was ready for it, it felt like. And I can't remember a team that came into a season with more sort of hype and excitement and attention than the Jets. And to have it all go away as of the fourth play, just horrific, horrific. Feel terrible for Jets fans, horrible for Aaron Rodgers. It's bad for the NFL. Um, I tweeted this already, Jack, at Ross Tucker NFL, but man, this is why one of the reasons why Goodell wanted flex scheduling so bad, right? Is you have a terrible injury to a starting quarterback like this. The Jets are supposed to be maxed out in primetime games. You know, if the season doesn't go the way it should or doesn't go the way people were hoping, right, with Rodgers, people don't want to watch Zach Wilson potentially in the Jets four more times in primetime this year potentially. Maybe they do. Maybe Zach Wilson plays great. I don't know. Hope he does. But the point is, is this at least gives the NFL a chance, if necessary, to give themselves some other options, right? To give themselves some other choices so that America can have a game that they're more interested in in these primetime spots. As for the game, DeMar Hamlin was inactive, which I thought was interesting. Um, Rodgers gets hurt on the first drive, as discussed. I kind of go back and forth between things that jumped out for me from the game and just some of the key plays, but the Jets' D-line is nasty. I mean, they have a really good defense in general, but that defensive line, you know... They have it built really well. A really well-built team. Except for O-line and quarterback. Still. And it feels like it's been that way for the Jets. For like three years. Certainly since last year when they got Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. You feel good about really every position group. Except the O-line. Still not great. And the quarterback now with Rodgers hurt. Matt Milano came to play for the Bills, had an awesome interception, was hitting gaps. But I'll tell you what, one of my biggest surprises and takeaways, Brees Hall looked awesome. I mean, Brees Hall looked awesome in this game, coming back from his serious knee injury a year ago. And it's funny, because he said it after the game, so I don't even have to be the one that says it, but for Josh Allen... Same stuff. I mean, Josh Allen is the same guy, both positive and negative. Positive, he makes some incredible plays with his legs, with his arms. Arms. With his arm, the touchdown pass was excellent. Scrambling, incredible. But the negative. 
I mean, some of those interceptions, some of the unnecessary hits he takes, you know, fumbling the ball. I am now at the point where I no longer feel like he's going to fix it. I'm now at the point where I think that this is just who Josh Allen is, right or wrong, good or bad. This is who he is. Zach Wilson has a really strong arm. Um, and made a couple nice throws, but just doesn't seem like he has a great feel for a lot of things. Where to go with the ball at times, pocket presence at times. Um, yeah, just not a great feel. Hard to believe with Zach Wilson out there that the Bills gave up a 10-point lead. Jordan Whitehead had all three of those interceptions from Josh Allen. Garrett Wilson had had to be the best three-yard catch I've ever seen in my life. I mean, if there's a better three-yard catch, send me the video. At Ross Tucker NFL, I would love to see it. If somebody has a better three-yard catch than that, really poor throw by Zach Wilson. I mean, that was a bad throw. And yet... Garrett Wilson gets a touchdown. Um, Josh Allen, then he fumbles the ball so that the Jets could take the lead. Um, Thankfully for the Bills, Bass was able to uh, doink in a game-tying field goal. And then you have the Xavier Gibson walk-off punt return touchdown on which, yeah, there probably was, whether you want to call it a leg whip, or a trip on the return. But, man, there's penalties that happen all the time. So, here's what I would say about that. There's no such thing as an asterisk for an NFL win. Doesn't exist. I love Mike Tirico. I think he's awesome. He should not have said that there was an asterisk because Kelsey was hurt or Chris Jones is holding out. Players hold out sometimes. Lots of players are hurt. No asterisk. John Perry does a nice job in the booth for ESPN as their rules guy. I think he was right. I think it should have been a penalty on Surratt on that return. There's no asterisk. None. We People miss penalties all the time. Officials have bad calls all the time. They miss penalties. And by the way, even if they called it, Highly likely that the Jets kick a field goal there and still win the game. Highly likely. So, not a big fan of this asterisk talk. Whatever the score is at the end of the game, that's who won. Moving forward, there's no asterisk. There's also no better way to learn a new language than with Babbel. I told you guys this summer... My daughters and I spent some time working on learning some Spanish before we went to Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands. And I'm not aware. Now, look, I'm not like an expert with this stuff. I'm not aware of a better way to learn a language. I took three semesters of Spanish in college. My daughters take a language. I I mean, it was very, very helpful. There's a reason why they have 10 million Subscription sold. 
Babbel's real language learning for real conversations. And here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for you guys at babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Ross, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the all-important power rankings. The worst team in the history of the NFL is... All right, Ross, the 32nd team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals. They weren't that bad. I could theoretically put some teams behind them, but I think they're the worst team coming in, and they still lost. They actually were pretty good on defense, but I'm going to keep them there for right now. 31st is the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of the same. I mean, Richardson showed some flashes. They're not like a terrible team. But, I mean, they're 31st, so I don't think they're good. <laughs> 30th is the Houston Texans. Drop them a few spots. The, the O-line issues, the O-line injuries are like a major issue for them right now. There's no question. And then you add to that with, you know, just how young they are, quarterback, coach, coordinators, not ideal. 29th is the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I guess they're probably about what I thought they were, but I had them 26, and some of these other teams, I think, clearly deserve to move up. 28th is the Chicago Bears. I was disappointed in the Bears. I really was. I mean, home opener against the Packers, a lot of excitement for year two of Eberflus. I don't know, were they were they any better on offense? Were were they any better on defense? If they were, I didn't I didn't really notice. Twenty seventh is the Denver Broncos. That's a bad loss. You know, some of these teams had really what I would consider bad losses. If you're the Broncos, okay? I think the Raiders are a bottom ten team. You can't lose a home game, especially a home opener, to a bottom ten team especially with all the stuff with the elevation and knowing the impact that that has early on in the season. 26th is the Washington Commanders. It's interesting because I dropped them a couple spots, even though they won. And they were fine, but I guess I was hoping for a little more or better offensively at home against the, the Cardinals. And maybe, like I said... The Cardinals are, are that are, are that good on defense, but I was disappointed in that. I'm never disappointed, Jack, when I'm drinking Labatt Blue Lights. I'm just not. It makes me happy. It relaxes me or gets me excited, depending on the mood I want to be in. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 25th is the Las Vegas Raiders. Give the Raiders some credit. I don't think they're a good team. I don't think they're going to be a very good team. They won on the road. They won a gutsy game in which they didn't play their best. That's, that's big. I mean, you know, these teams aren't very good. And are, they're going to have to scratch and claw for every win. That's a significant one. 24th is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Same. Same. Good for Todd Bowles. Good for Baker Mayfield. Everything I just said about the Raiders is the same with the Bucks. I don't anticipate them being very good, but they went on the road and won a game that I certainly didn't expect them to win. And look, the NFC South is winnable. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll prove me wrong throughout the year. 23rd is the New York Giants. Dropped them quite a bit. Um, that was just embarrassing on, on every level. I mean, they were 17, so I didn't have them that high. But to get totally embarrassed in every phase or aspect of a football game at home in the opener, that's tough, right? I mean, offense, defense, special teams, none of them look very good for the Giants. 22nd. Making a big jump is the L.A. Rams. Well, again, I said this yesterday. You know, don't overstate the importance of week one. But I think it was significant and noteworthy that the Rams' young kids played as well as they did. And I also think it inspires confidence in that locker room about what what they can do or be for the rest of the year. 21st is the Tennessee Titans. They'll they'll be in the mix. I mean, I swear, I said this during the game, every Titans game is the exact same game. I I mean, low scoring, close, could go either way at the end. They just need Tannehill to play better than that, and they probably would have won. 20th is the Atlanta Falcons. So I moved them up a couple spots. You know, they know who they are. What I like about the Falcons is they know exactly who they are, what they want to be, how they're going to win, and they do it more often than people think they're going to. 19th is the New England Patriots. I moved them up one spot, I guess, you know, and some of that has to do with the teams around them. 
But I think the Patriots will end up being about what they, I thought they'd be, which is a, a middling team. 18th is the Minnesota Vikings. Drop them several spots. It's a bad, bad loss, right? I mean, I already said this about the Broncos, but you're, you're playing a bottom 10 team at home. If you're the Vikings and you want to get back to the playoffs, can't lose to the Bucks at home. I mean, that, that feels like, I know it's only one week, but it feels like the type of game that like in week 17 when we're looking at the tiebreakers and, you know, the Vikings are 9-7, and seven, we'll be like, man, they'd already be in if they had just beaten the Bucks in week one. 17th is the New York Jets. They dropped 10 spots. And this is because of the drop-off from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. It is significant. Zach Wilson's getting a second chance. I didn't know if he'd ever get. Be very curious to see whether or not he makes the most of it. It's uh, outside the realm of possibility that he'll play as well as Rodgers could have. Halfway mark, 16th, we've got the New Orleans Saints. Saints. Wow, the NFC South did better than we realized. Saints won their game. Bucks won their game. Falcons, you know, that was an interdivision game, so somebody had to win that one. Uh, the Saints have a pretty nice team, I think. I really do. I mean, the defense is solid. Derek Carr, obviously, came in and played well. I, I, in my mind, they're still the favorites in that division. 15th is the Seattle Seahawks. Well, they dropped quite a bit for several reasons. Number one, they had the worst loss, worst, most surprising loss of any team over the weekend. And also, you know, both their offensive tackles got hurt. I don't know how bad it is, but it's it's not good. Not good at all. Just like when the clock stops on this podcast, whenever the game clock stops, that's your time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit at halftime, that's ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. 14th, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well... Now, that's one where you want to know how much of that is bad Steelers, how much of that is good 49ers, and, you know, that'll play itself out over the next few weeks. 13th is Baltimore Ravens. Now, that's a strange one where a team wins an NFL game by 16 points, and I'm still wondering, like, how good they really are. I didn't move them up, didn't move them down. But the problem for the Ravens is the injuries that we discussed yesterday. It's not just Dobbins and Marcus Williams. Linderbaum has an ankle. Stanley, those guys might be out for a week or two. It's bad. 12th is the Los Angeles Chargers. Good is Eckler in the offense, although Eckler's nursing an injury, which seems like it happens a lot as well. Bad is the defense. You know, I think they thought, that, that's like Brandon Staley's expertise. And they just haven't been good enough. And they, and they have enough good players that they shouldn't be this bad. 11th is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Much better than I thought. Uh, Ridley's the real deal. 
and the O-line was not as much of a liability as I was expecting. Tenth is the Green Bay Packers. Really, really impressed by that organization, both sides of the ball, how well they played, how good Jordan Love looked. Obviously, if you're a Packers fan, you're over the moon with that start. Ninth is Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, uh, not good at all for all the reasons we already talked about. Eighth, Cleveland Browns. Very, very impressed with the Cleveland Browns. And honestly, like, not overly surprised, which is why I'm going to make them the Wrangler team I ride with. Brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com. Order with promo code Ross15. Based on week one, the team I'm riding with, the Cleveland Browns. What a difference a year makes on defense. Now, offensively, maybe they still weren't great, but there was weather issues. But that defense, with Miles Garrett all over the place and Grant Delpit, they looked nasty. This is a huge year for the Browns, and they look like right now that they're ready to step up to the challenge. So I'm riding with them. Seventh is the Detroit Lions. Big win for the Lions. Look, it wasn't pretty. We know the injuries for the Chiefs. We don't, or the guys didn't play for the Chiefs. We don't care. They still went on the road and won against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Sixth, Miami Dolphins. Boy, I mean, I've talked about it before, but Greg Cosell waxes poetic about that offense, and I think we saw on Sunday why. Fifth is Cincinnati Bengals. So, obviously a really bad first game for them. But that happened to them last year, if you remember. The Steelers, like, smashed them. And then they came back and leveled up. So, I'm not going to... I mean, I dropped them three spots. I'm not going to go crazy. Fourth is Philadelphia Eagles. I dropped them a spot. Primarily because I felt like there was um, a couple teams that deserved to be ahead of them based on week one. Third is the former number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Dropped two spots. Obviously, huge news. Maybe I'll talk about it more tomorrow. Chris Jones getting a new contract for the Chiefs. A new one-year deal. Um, It's strange that the terms of that one-year deal have not come out yet. They will. I would just say the silence on those terms right now is deafening. But, and it looks like they'll get Kelsey back. We'll see. I I still think these other two teams deserve to be the top two. Number two is the Dallas Cowboys. Very, very impressive. Although to me, you know, a lot of those things that happen in the game, like the block kick for a touchdown, the, Bounced interception for a touchdown. Those are kind of one-offs that you can't expect to happen often. Ross's number one team, which is totally meaningless, but it's fun and will get many of you incredibly annoyed, is... And number one, we've got the San Francisco 49ers. They were utterly dominant in every way. Their defense was awesome. D-line, the linebackers, then Purdy... And Ayuk, 
and the offense looked really, really good. I mean, I think based on week one, you go on the road against the Steelers, you're that dominant. I think the Niners deserve to be the number one ranked team right now. I think they were the best team that I saw in week one. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout-outs, MyFrontPageStory.com, 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 Pizza Boy Brewing, Sport of Culture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, BackOfficeSchedule.com.